There is one city upon which the destiny of the world resides, a city where Christ was crucified and resurrected, and where he will return to reign, Jerusalem. Today on Turning Point, Dr. David Jeremiah examines the importance of this holy city, where prophecies continue to be fulfilled now and in the future. Listen as David introduces today's message, a geographical prophecy, Jerusalem. And thank you so much for joining us. Um, Before I say anything else, let me remind you that if you live in Houston, we're going to be in your city tonight at the Berry Center. Still time for you to get tickets. You can do it by just going to our website, ask for the tickets. We'll have them sent to you immediately, and you can come and be with us tonight. We're going to have a great time. Michael Sanchez is with us. All of our band, our singers, worship together uh, with a whole lot of folks tonight in Houston. And then um, Thursday night of this week, we're going to be in Fort Worth, Texas at Dickey's Arena, and uh, we sure look forward to seeing you there as well. If you live in the Dallas-Fort Worth area, I hope you'll come and join us. We are about ready to take... uh, Two looks at the city of Jerusalem and how it fits into prophecy. Remember, this is where do we go from here? How tomorrow's prophecies foreshadow today's problems. And um, this study on Jerusalem is, is intriguing to me. Let me ask you this question. When you go to Jerusalem, if you've been there, does it seem to you like you're in a very strange and awesome place when you walk through the city? Do you sort of feel like you're surrounded? Someone once told me, I feel like the angels are here. Well, I know that's not true, but it's it's a sense that you're in a very special place. I never quite understood that until I began this study, but before I'm done, I'm going to tell you why that happens, because it's a profound truth from the Word of God. This is um, chapter 9 in the book, Where Do We Go From Here? And that book is available to you from Turning Point for a gift of any size. I do wish you would make sure you get your copy because we only have a couple of days left that we can make this opportunity available uh, here uh, on radio. So make sure you send a gift of any size to Turning Point today. Do your best. Be as generous as you can be. But you know what God wants you to do and just do it. And when you do that, ask for your copy of the book, Where do we go from here? I promise you it will answer some of your questions. I believe it will be a blessing to you. It will give you some forward uh, information. Where do we go from here means there's some information on there and what to do next. And we want to give it to you and help you go forward in the Spirit of God as all of us face these challenging days. So the book is yours for a gift of any size before the month is over. And we hope you'll take advantage of that. Well, let's get started today with this discussion of a geographical prophecy, Jerusalem. History was humming in the air like electricity on May 14, 2018. A blue ribbon crowd assembled in front of the new American embassy in Jerusalem. The event coincided with the 70th birthday of the state of Israel. The weather was mild and sunny, and the gallery was filled with sunglasses and smiles. After years of vacillation, the United States of America was officially moving its ambassador and diplomatic staff to the true capital of the Jewish state, to Jerusalem. Amen. There were 800 guests in attendance that day, including members of the United States Congress, the U.S. Deputy Secretary of State, members of the Trump family, the U.S. Ambassador to Israel, 
the Middle East peace envoy, representatives of 33 other countries, pastors and rabbis, and of course, Israel's president and prime minister. Standing in the sunshine before giant flags of the United States and Israel, an emotional prime minister, Benjamin Netanyahu, punched the podium with his finger and exclaimed, what a glorious day. Remember this moment. This is history. Well, I've had the privilege of visiting Jerusalem many times. And each occasion has been memorable. As you drive in from the east, the sight just takes your breath away. Emerging from a tunnel, your attention leaps to the left. There, shimmering in the sunshine, is the Temple Mount, the Wailing Wall, the glistening Dome of the Rock, the El Osk Mosque, the Mount of Olives, Church of the Holy Sepulchre. The walls around the old city reflect a golden hue, and at night they're burnished with an eerie glow from great spotlights. The sight of these walls, day or night, almost brings tears to your eyes. This is the old city of Jerusalem. By moving the United States Embassy to this hallowed city, the United States made an historic statement in support of Israel, illustrating a unique union between two of the greatest democracies on planet Earth. Since then, other nations have moved their embassies to Jerusalem. Though the decision to do so is controversial, in fact, as you probably remember, everybody predicted it would create a war, which it did not do. It certainly asks a lot of questions and begs some answers. So here is the question. Why should there be such a deep emotion about a piece of real estate no bigger than the state of New Jersey. Why should love and hatred for Jerusalem be so strong? One answer is that Jerusalem is bound up with prophecies from Almighty God. I can hardly believe that I was privileged to be alive when the state of Israel was reborn in 1948. I was seven years old. Now I have had the privilege of watching another prophetic domino fall with yet another elevation of Jerusalem. In the words of prophetic writer Randall Price, Jerusalem is now set to become God's stage for the final drama. The city of Jerusalem, as you know, is sacred to Christianity, sacred to Judaism, and sacred to Islam. It's the world's most significant city And it's mentioned in the Bible 811 times. Now, that might not sound so awesome to you until I tell you that the second most mentioned city in the Bible is Babylon. It's mentioned 200 and some times. Once you realize how prominent Jerusalem is, you'll see it everywhere. Almost every place you turn, there's something being said about Jerusalem. It is God's city. Population of Jerusalem is growing. It is moving toward a million people. When Jesus was on this earth, 75,000 people lived in Jerusalem. And according to the Bible, I don't know if you know this, there's a special blessing that resides upon anybody who is born in Jerusalem. Here's what it says in Psalm 87. And of Zion, or Jerusalem, it will be said, this one and that one were born in her. And the Most High himself shall establish her. The Lord will record when he registers the people. Did you know that there are people who, when they find out they're pregnant, 
go to Jerusalem so their children can be born under the blessing of God because there is a special blessing upon those who are born in Jerusalem. Don't ask me to explain it. I'm just reporting it. So Jesus loved Jerusalem. On one occasion, he stood outside of Jerusalem, and we read this in Matthew 23. He prayed, O Jerusalem, Jerusalem, the one who kills the prophets and stones those who are sent to her, how often I wanted to gather your children together as a hen gathers her chicks under her wings, but you were not willing. Jesus loved Jerusalem, and he cried over Jerusalem because of their unwillingness to accept him as their Messiah. And if you study the history of the early church, you know that it all started in Jerusalem. The Bible says we're to take the gospel to the whole world, from Jerusalem to Judea to Samaria and the uttermost parts of the world. Jerusalem is the center of world evangelism, according to the book of Acts. Now, there's several main reasons why Jerusalem is so important and why it's such a constant subject, even in the secular news. First of all, Jerusalem is a central city. Jerusalem is the center of Israel in the same way that your heart is the center of your body. No city on earth has captured the world's attention throughout all the centuries like the city of Jerusalem. Ezekiel the prophet put it this way, This is Jerusalem. I have set her in the midst of the nations and the countries all around her. Yes, Jerusalem is the city in the center. It is the center of man's hopes and God's purposes. God loves Jerusalem. Satan hates Jerusalem. Jesus wept over Jerusalem. The Holy Spirit descended into Jerusalem. The nations are drawn to Jerusalem. And one day Christ will return to Jerusalem and reign over the city. Indeed, the destiny of the world is tied to the future of Jerusalem. Jerusalem is a central city. Here's something I didn't realize at the depth that I now realize it. Jerusalem is a chosen city. Do you know that Jerusalem was chosen specifically by God for her role in the history of Israel, in the life of Jesus, and in the events of his return? According to 1 Kings 8.44, Jerusalem is the city which God has chosen. In Deuteronomy chapter 12, five times we are told that God chose Jerusalem for his name. This is God's city, the city of Jerusalem. Chosen by God, set in a place like no other city. Here's a passage that uniquely helps you to understand that. This is Second Chronicles 6, 5 through 6. You might want to write this passage down. Since the day that I brought my people out of the land of Egypt, God is speaking, I have chosen no city from any tribe of Israel in which to build a house. And my name might be there, nor did I choose any man to be a ruler over my people Israel. But I have chosen Jerusalem that my name may be there, and I have chosen David to be over my people. In other words, God said, since the beginning of time, I never selected any city. There was no special city. But I have selected Jerusalem. Jerusalem is my chosen city. Jerusalem has my special blessing upon it. It's the city that has my name connected to it. And it helps me to understand what happens to me when I go to Jerusalem. I've been going there now for a number of years, and I've tried to explain even to my wife, 
how when I walk into that city, it's like a spell comes over me. It's sort of almost surreal. In those moments, it's like I've got one foot in the past and the other in the future. And the walls and the buildings are made of a kind of pale golden limestone that's used a lot in the United States even now. It's called Jerusalem stone. There's always just a whiff of tension in the city of Jerusalem because everybody knows that the ground beneath their feet is the powder keg of the earth. I don't feel unsafe in Jerusalem. That's not it. I mean, everywhere you look, somebody's got a rifle slung over their shoulder. It's the most armed city I've ever been in. Everybody who's in Jerusalem, if you're a citizen of Jerusalem, if a young person in Jerusalem, you're in the army. You're a soldier. You don't get to ask to be in the army. You are. And the reason they're able to protect themselves so wonderfully when they're attacked is the whole city's ready to respond. It's the most prepared city to protect itself that I've ever been in. And there are places in Jerusalem where I literally walk where Jesus walked. We see some of the locations when we go there where Jesus performed his miracles, where he debated his enemies, where he faced his execution. Most of all, I love going to the quiet beauty of the garden tomb and visualizing how it must have been on Resurrection Day. So I've spent my whole life studying and teaching the Bible. And when I'm in Jerusalem, it's as though I were jumping through its pages, transported to the very scenes of action. I hope you've been there. If you haven't, I hope you go. But there's just something about going to Israel that changes everything for you. When you come home, the Bible is never the same. You read something in the scripture, oh, I was there. I walked on that place. But having said all of that, I still haven't explained to you why I now understand I have such an overwhelming aura when I go to Jerusalem. I've discovered something that goes far beyond emotions and enjoyment. Men and women, as never before, I've realized that Jerusalem belongs to God as no other city ever has or ever will. There's a biblical sense in which Jerusalem is eternal. It will never die. Jerusalem is God's own unique eternal city. And that fact, more than any other, explains the wonder of the holy city to me. When I go there, I'm walking in God's city. I'm moving around in the city chosen by the Almighty. So Jerusalem's a central city, and it's a chosen city. It's also a capital city. Jerusalem became the capital of Israel by decree of King David over 3,000 years ago, and it's remained Israel's capital ever since. Other nations have conquered and settled in the land of Israel, but no one has ever declared Jerusalem their capital. Over the past 2,000 years, even during times of occupation and persecution, a Jewish community has resided in Jerusalem and maintained it as their eternal capital. For many years, American opinion spoke in favor of moving the United States Embassy from Tel Aviv to Jerusalem, and politicians agreed. Presidential candidates promised to do it, in October of 1995, the U.S. Congress called for the move to occur by May 1999, but one after another, our American presidents deferred, citing the fear of security considerations should they do such a thing. But in June of 2017, 
the United States Senate unanimously passed a resolution 90 to nothing that reaffirmed the 1995 congressional decision and called upon the president to implement it. And six months later, President Trump recognized Jerusalem as Israel's capital and moved the embassy away from Tel Aviv. And critics whined and complained, saying he should have used the issue to work with the Palestinians. But in short, the embassy was relocated to an area in western Jerusalem where Israel commands total sovereignty. And it is now in Jerusalem where you will find the United States embassy. And while that might be debated by some, and I don't know where you stand on it, and it's not really a big issue to me, but I know this, with that event, another key has been turned in the grand lock of biblical prophecy. And I'll explain what I mean. Here's the answer to that question. What does this mean? The second advent of Jesus Christ cannot happen without Jerusalem. Almost all the Christ-centered events in the future will take place in Jerusalem. Without Jerusalem, these events would be impossible. Were I living in Jerusalem today, if I was a citizen of Jerusalem, I would take these prophecies with a great sense of reassurance because they assume the continual existence of this city, a fact that seems at odds with the threats she continually faces every day. Every time I've gone to Jerusalem, I've had the opportunity to preach on the southern steps of the temple. In fact, if you remember, that's where I conducted the wedding of Uriel Vega and his wife. There on the steps, it's the largest wedding I've ever done. 1,200 people came to that wedding. I brought them all with me myself. (laughs) As I stood there to preach or to conduct the wedding, I looked over to my right, and I could see the Mount of Olives, the hilltop where Jesus ascended to heaven at the close of his gospel ministry. To this very place we are told in the prophetic scripture, Jesus will come again. He will come again and his feet will touch the Mount of Olives from which he went back to heaven. Not only will Christ return to Jerusalem at his second advent, but that city will be the seat from which he reigns on the earth during the whole millennium. The thousand-year period of Christ's rule on the earth will take place and it will be centered where? In Jerusalem. Jerusalem will be the Messiah's millennial capital and the home of a temple in which the sacrifices will be memorial. That's only the beginning. The everlasting capital city of Jesus throughout eternity will be Jerusalem. In the Bible, we call it the New Jerusalem. Earthly Jerusalem, to which Jesus will return and from where he will reign a thousand years, is the prelude to another Jerusalem, a city whose foundations and builder is God. The New Jerusalem is the city we read about in the Bible in Revelation 20 and 21. And the Bible says in 21 too, the holy city, the New Jerusalem, coming down out of heaven from God. And men and women, this is a real city. The final two chapters of the Bible use the word city 11 times to describe the New Jerusalem. This isn't a figure of speech. This is not some spiritual thing. Let's face it, because our resurrection bodies are going to be real, the body of Jesus was real after he came out of the grave, we're going to have resurrection bodies just like Jesus had. Because our bodies will be real, we're going to need a real place to live, a real place in which to function. And the new Jerusalem will be just that. 
It will be a physical location. In the book of Revelation, we have our fullest glimpse of the details of that city. It is the capital city of heaven. And I want to read to you a rather extended section of Revelation chapter 21 so you can remember what the Bible says about this place, which be our eternal home. Now, I saw a new heaven and a new earth, for the first heaven and the first earth had passed away, and there was no more sea. Then I, John, saw the holy city, the new Jerusalem, coming down out of heaven from God, prepared as a bride adorned for her husband. And I heard a loud voice from heaven saying, Behold, the tabernacle of God is with men, and he will dwell with them, and they shall be his people. And God himself will be with them and be their God. And God will wipe away every tear from their eyes, and there shall be no more death, nor sorrow, nor crying. There shall be no more pain, for the former things have passed away. Then he who sat on the throne said, Behold, I make all things new. And he said to me, Write, for these words are faithful and true. Now, that's a long section, but this description implies the holy city was designed and built and made ready for the earth. And John didn't see the new Jerusalem being created. It exists now. The new Jerusalem is heaven. It's where my parents are. It's where many of your loved ones are. It's where we go when we die. It's the new Jerusalem. It's in heaven. But the Bible says in the end times, it will descend to this earth, this four square city. And a lot of people say, well, how could that city be big enough to handle all the Christians who are going to be there? People who ask that question probably are overestimating how many Christians are going to be there. <laughs> and they're underestimating the incredible volume of space in a four-square city. What a city it will be, the city of my God. So try this exercise. What do you think this is going to look like? Think of the most beautiful spot you've ever seen on planet Earth. For me, it's an island in the Aegean Sea called Santorini. I've been there twice. I have to tell you, there's some homes there, but it's basically wall-to-wall jewelry stores. <laughs> so I have quite an investment in this city. But it's an amazing city because it's built on the top of a volcano that obviously is dead, and the city is, everything is white. When you're in a ship coming toward the city, it's up high. You have to take an escalator to get up there. And when you see it, I remember saying to Donna, oh, it looks like we're floating toward heaven. That's what it looks like. And it is a beautiful city, unbelievable. As we stood on the deck of the ship and looked at the white little town with its rounded roofs and quaint simplicity, it looked like it was suspended in space. But ladies and gentlemen, as breathtaking as Santorini is, it's nothing compared to the beauty of the New Jerusalem. The New Jerusalem will be so overwhelming, you will not be able to take it in in one breath. Amen. And that is the truth. Well, we have more about this tomorrow as we finish up uh, this discussion of a geographical prophecy, Jerusalem. And once again, the subtitle of the book is How Tomorrow's Prophecies Foreshadow Today's Problems. You know what? I'm going back to Jerusalem 
in March, and I hope you can go with us. This Holy Land tour is available to any of you. If you would like to find out more information about it, go to our website, which is davidjeremiah.org. The tour is March the 22nd through April the 1st. We're going to be visiting a lot of places, and we'll be visiting Jerusalem. And I promise you, I will understand what's going on with me in Jerusalem like I never have before. This is God's city. Like no other city in all of the world, this is the city of God. And I am so excited about being able to go back again with this new information and new knowledge in my heart. I'd love it if you would go with us. I hope you'll make plans to join us. We have quite a group already signed up, but there's still time for you to come and be a part of this tour. Don't forget to ask for your copy of the book, Where Do We Go From Here, when you send your gift to Turning Point today. And uh, we'll be happy to send it to you as our way of saying thank you for your investment. Have a great day, friends. For more information on Dr. Jeremiah's current series, Where Do We Go From Here? Please visit our website where you'll also find two free ways to help you stay connected. Our monthly magazine, Turning Points, and our daily email devotional. Sign up today at davidjeremiah.ca slash radio. That's davidjeremiah.ca slash radio. Or call us at 800-946-4300. Ask for your copy of David's new book, Where Do We Go From Here? and learn how today's issues are linked to biblical prophecy. It's yours for a gift of any amount. You can also purchase the Jeremiah Study Bible in the English Standard, New International, and New King James versions with helpful notes and articles from decades of study by Dr. Jeremiah. Get all the details when you visit our website at davidjeremiah.ca slash radio. This is David Michael Jeremiah. Join us tomorrow as we continue the series, Where Do We Go From Here? on Turning Point with Dr. David Jeremiah. Turning Point presents the Jeremiah Study Bible. Jumpstart your Bible study with more than 8,000 study notes from Dr. Jeremiah to help you discover what the Bible says, what it means, and what it means for you. Available in the New King James and New International versions in standard or large print, as well as the English Standard Version in standard print. For more details or to order your copy, go to davidjeremiah.ca slash jsb. Dear friend, I'm Dr. David Jeremiah, and I'd like to take a moment to speak with you as the world faces the coronavirus pandemic. There is no question we are living in a time of unprecedented uncertainty. It is unlike anything I have experienced in my whole life. And the temptation in times like these is to allow fear and worry to creep into our thoughts and to rob us of our joy. But in these uncertain times, we need to remember that God is still in control. And my prayer for you is that you are healthy, you're in a safe place and surrounded by those you love. Please keep the ministry of Turning Point in your prayers as well. We will continue to bring the healing power of God's Word to you each day on radio, television, and online. And I really hope this will be a source of encouragement to you during the current coronavirus. So be safe, be in the Word, and be in prayer. A great philosopher, Aristotle, captured just how tricky and dangerous anger can be. He said, It is easy to fly into a passion. Anybody can do that. 
but to be angry with the right person to the right extent and at the right time with the right object and in the right way, (laughs) that's not easy. And it is not everyone who can do it. The Bible says that some anger is sin and some is not. And it takes godly wisdom to know the difference. When anger first appears, stop and ask God for wisdom and don't move forward until you receive it. This is David Jeremiah encouraging you to get on the road to new life. Discover God's truth about anger on Route 66. Route 66, driving the word home. Log on to Route66life.com. Start your journey home today.